fan. The Vikings. The Gritty, down in Cardinal City. From another close L to hotter than hell. From ice castles built high to snakes and cacti. Rally to the valley. Football feats. He. something yeah fair warning yeah fair warning yeah okay next wednesday yeah noon to nine nine to noon yeah. whenever you start whenever you finish vocal maintenance day next wednesday but anyway okay so whenever we reconvene yeah if you bring me on the air oh with some sort of fake ass johnny cash Folsom Prison. I'm just going to hang up, Hold and on. I'm done, but, and I'm not going to take the call when it comes back. I okay. don't want to hear any more fake Folsom Prison blues, or I'm out. Respect. For good. Well, we, we respect that, but can I share something with you? I've expressed my, my strenuous objection in the past. It hasn't been respected. The next time I hear fake-ass Folsom Prison blues, <laughs> I am out for good, and I'm not kidding. Can I, can I share something with you, please, sir? Sure. This is producer Nordo. Don't blame it on somebody else. No. It's your show. Is it the Nordo show? No. Or is it the Paul Allen show? No. Don't the, blame Nordo. Don't throw honey. Nordo under the bus. He honey. works for you. Honey. He works for you? No, I know how the game works. Oh, no. it's easy to blame the producer. The producer no. falls the lead of the host. Honey, this is Nordo. You want Nordo to do it because honey. you know it pisses me off. Paul, honey. come on. I didn't just no, hold on. roll off the turnip truck today, buddy. No, no. Honey, this is Nordo singing the song. Oh, it is. As <laughs> a, that makes it even worse. As a gift to you of kindness to show you Nordo, were thinking. if you're going to sing Folsom Prison Blues, what you got to do? You got to go down to the 7-Eleven. You got to walk in. You got to get a 40 ounce yeah. of the strongest beer that they can sell. <laughs> I can do you that. You got to get a carton of unfiltered camels and smoke them all at once and then sing Folsom Prison Blues. That's what you got to do. Well, let's listen to it for 10 seconds. It was a gift to you. Folsom Prison. That's where I long to stay. I think this sounds great, man. I feel bad for threatening to disengage and never. But it's not the kind of gift that you want. It's like opening up underwear. I appreciate the gesture. Yeah. I didn't ask for it. I don't need it. And if you're going to do it, you got to get your voice to a spot where it's deep like Johnny Cash. Right. But Nordo, well done. Well done. Other than that. <laughs> oh, my God. Other, what other a heel turn. Said, well done. What a heel turn. Copyright the producer. And, and, you're, <laughs> and you're like, you actually said that's not the kind of gift that I want. I mean, it's, 
I, I didn't realize that we can like parse our way between kindness that's being delivered to us, but I guess oh, that's I can what... act like. I mean, I can be a big phony like 99.9% of the rest of the population and say, thank you so much. For my entire life, 57 years, one month, and five days, I have wanted nothing more than to have Folsom Prison Blues sung to me (laughs) by Nordo. You read my mind, and you gave me the gift that is the mother of all gifts. Thank you so much. I could do that, or I could tell you the truth. I I choose for the truth. Right, right. Well, so, so where do we stand? I mean, is the is the false is the Johnny Cash cover dead, or can we do it occasionally because it was an act of kindness? Do it at your own peril. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk dot com. Uh, that was for you. God bless you, and we're really happy that you joined the radio show. I'm because... sure you are. No, no, we are. Dude, that's that's the. 99.9% of saying, you're thinking, what in the hell have I gotten myself into? Why no. do I keep bringing this guy on my show? No, not at all. I mean, that we, we've done this together for two decades. I mean, PFT. It hasn't been two decades yet. PFT. You're rounding up. Yeah, you know we was some rogue operation, you know, to, to 19, 20 years ago. And then here you are with this with this NBC tie and, and the Enterprise and everything. You're a learned, elite football mind. and. And we're just happy to have you weekly so we can discuss National Football League action, which uh, training camp-wise is right around the corner. And, and, and I'm, I'm trying to metaphorically wrap my mind a lot around why so many people like the Philadelphia Eagles to potentially get to the Super Bowl from the NFC. So, do, do, like Jalen Hurts, do, do you like love in between with Jalen Hurts? What do you think of them Eagles? He's still a work in progress. We still need to know what his ceiling is. Last year, they had some struggles early on, and Nick Sirianni, the new coach of the team as of 2021, to his credit, pivoted toward the things that their offense did well, which was a run-heavy approach. Jalen Hurts needs to develop as a passer, and the acquisition of A.J. Brown, close friend of Jalen Hurts, puts Hurts in a position where now is his time to shine. Now is his opportunity to grow. And it's very similar to what's going on with Tua Tonga-Vailoa in Miami. In Miami, though, there's more of a this-is-your-last-chance vibe. Mm -hmm. In Philly, it's more of a we're trying to boost you to a higher level of performance vibe. And, look, one of the big differences is the NFC is a lot more wide open than the AFC. You look at the NFC East, you could look at the Eagles and say, well, hey, they were a playoff team last year, and – they have gone out and tried to make moves aimed at getting better. The Cowboys have fallen off, at least from a personnel standpoint. Right. You could argue the Eagles are the favorite to win the division. The Dolphins are still, what, in the AFC? Third Why? place, maybe second if they get lucky. Right. So the, the, it's going to be a lot harder for the Dolphins to cash in on a Tyree kill than it will be for the Eagles to cash in on an A.J. Brown. And there's more pressure, I think, on Tua than there is on Jalen Hurts. And the NFC is so wide open, we concocted these. Tell me what you think. From 10,000 lakes to desert and snakes. From 10,000 lakes to desert and snakes, it's so wide open. Why not us with this talent-laden redo in a national football conference where Tommy now has Todd, Todd Balls, Aaron lost his bailout guy, you handled the Eagles with a plum, the Rams are the have the proverbial target on the back. Russell went to the AFC. 
Kyler throws pick sixes from his knees in the end zone in the biggest moment of, of his life. Dallas is a counterfeit $3 bill. I, I I think New Orleans is really sneaky in the NFC, but Jameis, okay. I mean, this thing's wide open, so therefore... Rally to the Valley. What do you think of all that, Michael? Well, I think that you're as predictable as you are in any other year where you are wired to think of the glass as half full even yeah. when it's half empty. And you look at a franchise that has yet to return to a Super Bowl since 1976 and is 0-7, if my recollection is correct, and I think it is, in NFC Championship games. This team, until I'm proven otherwise, Mm -hmm. this team can contend, Mm -hmm. but what's going to happen is somebody's going to emerge as the elite team in the NFC, Hmm. and when it's time for the Vikings to face that elite team, they're going to get... They're going to get the same treatment they got the last time we were together face-to-face in person in Santa Clara, California, January of 2020, just before the world turned upside down with the COVID thing, to watch the 49ers systematically and methodically take apart the Vikings. Even though the first half kind of made us think there's a chance here, second half, pedal to the metal, and out go the Vikings. I just feel like there's always going to be a team in the NFC. And the, the, the two years that... The Vikings had a chance to be that team, 98 and 2009, and my son was watching the 2009 NFC Championship game, the Bounty game, and it is criminal what they were doing to Brett Favre in <laughs> yeah. that game. It really is. I know. It really is. I'm no Brett Favre fan, but I actually felt no. bad for Brett Favre I know watching what you that mean. game again. I know what you mean. Uh, and, and because, you know, at the end of the day, this is not Detroit. I mean, he still could have won the game, and and he throws that, that god-awful crossbody throw after, after Chile puts 12 guys in the huddle coming out of a timeout, which he should have been fired on the spot for that. But, um, but anyway, those were the two years that the Vikings felt like team of destiny. Two years out of the last 44, 45. And there's always going to be some other team of destiny that, that uh, you know, overcomes the Vikings when the playoffs roll around. And, hey, maybe Kevin O'Connell is going to change all that. I, I think there's reason for optimism when you consider – how effective the offense was, even with a curmudgeonly, cantankerous, old-school head coach who pissed everybody off, who couldn't keep an offensive coordinator, who was either seeing them quit or get fired. It was a revolving door, so you're constantly going with a new scheme and a new coordinator, and new this and a new that on the offensive side of the ball. Now, as I've said before, it took the organization a full decade to recover from Brad Childress to go back to an offensive head coach. But I think teams generally need, if you want long-term success, you need an offensive head coach. Because if you have an offensive head coach and your offense does well, you don't have to worry about your offensive coordinator getting hired by another team. Like the Vikings saw 2017, special season, get to the NFC Championship game, step on a rake against the Eagles, there goes Pat Shermer, start over again with offensive coordinator, and it all fell apart. So this is the right approach. And if you can take an offense mm-hmm. that the Zimmer coaching staff was able to get a lot out of, even mm-hmm. though the acumen may not have been there, mm-hmm. and you bring in Kevin O'Connell with the Sean McVay playbook, Ooh. and and the, you know when you look at last year week by week, Justin Jefferson was not all that far behind Cooper Cup. I mean, it's not crazy to think that Justin Jefferson, if he stayed healthy, is going to have a Cooper Cup type of a year Ooh. in this offense. So. 
Uh, yeah, there's reason for optimism. Now, look, is the defense going to hold up? And switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4 base is right. always a little problematic because you can't just snap your fingers and get the personnel you need for a 3-4. Right. But, yeah, look, hey, the Bucks and the Rams and everybody else. And I don't know where the Packers fit. The Packers are kind of caught between top tier and second tier to be determined based upon how the receiver situation goes. And also, also now that Aaron Rodgers has won this internal Shakespearean struggle with the front office, and he's gotten a contract that makes Jordan Love irrelevant. Is he still red-hot poker on the butt cheeks motivated to be MVP level? I don't know. The guy's talking a lot about retirement, right? I've always heard that if you're talking about retirement, you're already retired. So now that he's beaten Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, I just wonder how motivated he's going to be, especially without Devontae Adams. We'll see. But there is an opening there to to take the division and to be one of those teams where, you know, we get to November, December, we're thinking, holy crap, you know, this this is a pretty good football team and we should have seen it coming. Doing the gritty down in Cardinal City. So so what do you think of Tommy with Todd Bowles? I mean, Bowles is, for the most part, an elite defensive mind, ran into the Rams last year, and, and McVay kind of did a number on him in the postseason. And Tommy and Todd Bowles, and, you know, Tommy a year older, but he's still Tommy. What, uh, what do you think of that operation? Well, I, I think that, look, I got a lot of thoughts on what happened there, and I still believe that Brady's return and Arian's exit were not coincidental. And you put Todd Bowles in charge of the team. He's in charge of the defense. Well, he's the guy that called the zero blitz that caused them to squander an opportunity to have one of the most dramatic comebacks in playoff history, second only perhaps to Super Bowl 51 when Tom Brady managed to bring the Patriots back against the Falcons. The Rams were up 27-3. Was that the score? And the Bucks tie it up, and they go all out blitz because they think Matthew Stafford can't can't keep it together long enough to throw the deep ball to Cooper Cup, and Cup gets behind the defense, and there it is, walk-off field goal, and the Rams advance, and the Bucks are out, and now the guy who called that plays in charge of the team. And look, Arians and I have had our, our issues, because I, 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 I don't want to start down that path to explain why, but on game day, he's a damn good coach. You know he's a good coach. Good coaches on game day are like long snappers. You only notice them when they screw up. You never notice Bruce Arians on game day. Right. He's not mismanaging the clock. He's not calling a timeout to ISIS kicker. He's and in part because he's not trying to do it all. That's one of the challenges of being offensive coordinator and head coach. You're doing the micro of keeping in mind how your play calling is unfolding and how it's working as it relates to fooling the defense and setting the defense up for the kill. And you're doing the macro of when do we go for it on fourth down, when do we call our timeouts? How do we manage the game here? Field goal or go for the touchdown? You know, all those big picture decisions. It's not easy to balance big picture and small picture. We never, that I can remember, made Bruce Arians the pincushion on a Monday after a slate of games saying, man, he really screwed it up. He really snatched defeat from the jaws of victory for his team. So my point is, can Todd Bowles step into that and not make a bunch of mistakes that are going to be the difference? You know, you, you, you sit through a game every week. You see how close these games are. Even if the final score is, you know, 27 to 13, that doesn't mean it was a, you know, a blowout. That means it was maybe 20 to 13 and there was some quirky thing that happened near the end and it made it 27-13 instead of 20-20. These games are close. One big mistake by a coach can screw everything up. So I don't think we just pencil in the Bucks 
for NFC Championship. I, I don't. We, we have to see how it works post Byron Leftwich, or not post, but with Byron Leftwich in charge of the offense with no Bruce Arians involvement there and with Todd Bowles in charge of the team slash defense. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Look, it's, it's a lot smoother than bringing in an outsider, but we'll see what happens without Arians there being the one who, who doesn't snap the ball over the punter's head. Arians. Florio, you can write what you want. It's okay. <laughs> Michael, you- how, how is that his walk-off? Michael, you can say what you want. It's okay with Nordo on lead vocals with your favorite song. How is how is how? I mean, the guy, the guy, a career in football, and for his walk off, he says that. Should I be honored or should I be mortified? Let's 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 analyze. Florio, you can write what you want. It's okay. (laughs) Honored, honored because he actually knows who you are, and everybody in the crowd laughed because they respect you. So I say honored. Yeah, I feel very respected right now. Ten seconds, and then we'll say goodbye. Reno. Just, Just to watch, watch him die. <laughs> Go ahead, boy. When I hear that whistle blowing, I ain't Love you, Michael. Call you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com. PFT, yeah, you know we. Don't forget about that book, Playmakers. Michael wrote it, and uh, you can buy it at ProFootballTalk.com. ProFootballTalk.com couple of decades of uh, football stories and speculations. He's a playmaker. It's called Playmakers. And Nordo made a play 9 to noon to kick it off with some Johnny Cash for PFT. Yeah, you know we. Hey, hey, hey. They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Hey. But I know I had it coming. Florio talks more than me. And that's totally fine. But it's 918. And thanks to TimberTech and TimberTech.com, uh, we're very happy to uh, present a set list today that, uh, that um, well, it, um, it it's titillating to us. And hopefully it's the same way to you because it includes um, a man for now we're going to call Coach Rudy. And he's from the Ukraine. And he brought a 16U soccer team to the world's largest youth soccer tournament. And... They are going to be in the United States of America, all of Ukrainian descent. They're going to be here for nearly three weeks, and they leave in a week and change. And the pastor slash coach is going to stop by the studio today to share stories of life in Ukraine and the respite and or relief, short-lived as it may be, of being in the United States of America. That's 10 o'clock. Don't miss that. Coach Rudy, 10 o'clock studio. Minnesotan and former uh, NHLer David Backus. He'll be in studio today at 11 o'clock. And uh, when we return, the Cam Covenant is no more. Cam Talbot traded to the Wobegon Ottawa Senators. The flower needs to be in full bloom. <laughs> that next, when 9 to noon continues at uh, your giveaway cash, oh, leader, the fan, and... The fan and Hilltop Camper and RV, they're trying to put a grand in your hand with the Nash Ca- uh, National Cash Contest. So just go to KFAN.com, enter the keyword bonus. Go to KFAN.com, enter the keyword bonus, and you might win $1,000. Good luck, everybody. A fan. Talbot was able to see it. He knocks it away to his right. Now Petrangelo is walking in, and they're all over Cam Talbot. Way to go, Cam! 
everybody here in Sweet 25. Round of applause for Cam Talbot. How about that? Thank you, ma'am. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good Thanks, seeing Bill. you. Are you PA? Are you enjoying this? Bill, Bill I'm, I'm, I, I love it. We're <laughs> winning. <laughs> I'll see you guys. Let's close on it, man. Hey, we're Billy Yaron. And um, we used to see Cam Talbot. But uh, young Cameron was traded by the aforementioned general manager to the downtrodden Ottawa Senators. Welcome back to uh, 9 to Noon. Uh, we got a uh, we got a young goalie named Philippe Gustafson uh, in the swap. Philippe Gustafsson. Uh, he um, don't really know much about him. You um, you know much about Philippe Gustafsson? I know absolutely nothing about Mister Gustafsson. Hey, Robbie Rosenhaus, you know much about Philippe Gustafsson? I know he's huge. I know he's a humongous goalie. As a Montreal Canadiens fan, I've seen him play a couple times, and Damn. he's a big boy. I asked a question, and Gary Bettman rolled up onto the microphone. Well done. Gary Bettman, like I, from Long Island. So there you go. Uh, Gustafsson, in 27 career National Hockey League games, is 10-13-3, with a, a 3.12 goals against average and a uh, 9.05 save percentage. But uh, he's not the A topic. The A topic is not even Cam Talbot. And the A topic is not even his loquacious wife, Kelly, anybody check social media uh, for like a bon, vo- uh, bon, bon voyage tweet? The A topic is the flower. The A topic is Marc Andre Fleury. And this is going to be a question delivered with, with respect. And, but it's a serious question. I mean, at least it's serious to me. Are we sure we kept the right goalie? I always love that one. I mean, we we kept the right goal. I mean, I know he's HOF, and I know he's the flower, and I know if you have the audacity to even pose a question between, like, the third winningest goalie in the history of winning goalies and Cam Talbot and his loquacious significant other, perhaps it is backstop blasphemy. Per, per, perhaps it it flies in, in in the face of of the goalie's gospel, but I mean we we are sure that we have the right goalie leading a team that lost one of its best two scores in the regular season. Can't can't couldn't find the cat with a searchlight in postseason games, and that's been uh, discussed ad nauseum. But it is fact through two postseasons and. Two postseasons does not a career make. But nevertheless, in what has been a rather tumultuous offseason for the state of hockey, via la 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 la, it's Christmas every day at Staples Center with Kevin Fiala. So there he goes. And Kaprizov is basically, uh, he's trapped. He's trapped in his native Russia. I mean, so much so that he's trying. He, he, he's looking for visas from Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum in the United Arab Emirates, just so he can get a sniff of the United States of America. So he can't leave. Fiala wanted to leave and left. Cam wanted to leave and left. Now we got the flower. There, no, no disparaging or disrespect of Mark Andre Fleury at all. But young Cameron at the end of the season. With the opportunities he, he got, I, I think he went 16 consecutive at the end and, and didn't take an L. And, and, and said Flower, I mean, he's right at the end of his career. Now, 
we, we, we had a change of heart with the general manager, and that's key, too. Because Russo Radio at Russo Hockey, the athletic, the athletic dot com, his common thread with the reporting, and 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 if Michael reports it, then it's a one hundred percenter for accuracy. The general manager was kind of like, "No, nah, I'm good. No, nah, we're good, man. We got we got HOF and and we have Cameron, we have Cam Talbot as our one two, and it's going to be a fifty fifty ish situation." And I was like, all right, that's kind of cool because, like, one's HOF and, and he's still good and, and the other guy's good and he could be very good. And, you know, if they can handle that situation and nobody's getting their feelings hurt like D'Angelo Russell, then, you know, then 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 everything's okay. But then, like, 48 hours later, it, it was sacre bleu, sacre screw you. And Talbot gets traded, but not just traded, but traded to, like, one of the worst teams in the NHL. So it's kind of like, hey, ma'am, A, your agent needs to shut up when I'm trying to execute the National Hockey League draft. All right? So tell your agent to to go screw himself. Now, that, that was metaphorically speaking, but I'm, like, reading between the lines. And then there just had to have been some peppering from 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 the Talbot-related entities over the last 48 hours. Billy G's, because at one point, Billy G was like, here's the deal. My ma'am, you're under contract. And you will play when we request that you play. And that's how the job goes. And and I'm not going to say things seemed like they were hunky-dory, because they didn't. But reading between the lines, it seemed like they, they were overcoming an impasse. And they were edging their way to a situation where when we're not discussing Vikings football in September and we're getting ready for state of hockey two zero two two into the two, three, I would have been like, Hey, flower cam Talbot one, two, let's go. I mean, that's kind of a team strength, but it's not a team strength. If somebody is so adamant, whether it's through the representation or through texting and or talking with said GM, that would be the goalie or, Whatever, uh, what, what, whatever was behind it, fueling it, that has legitimacy to it. And something when something that was percolating boiled over within the last forty-eight hours, and now Cam's gone. Philippe Gustafson might be our new backup. I ain't gonna say he's gonna be our backup. I'll say he might be our backup. But at ten, thirteen, and three, twenty-seven NHL games. Let's go. And I guess the assumption here is the flower is absolutely still in full bloom. The the casual hockey mind would wonder, how often can you play him? And what do you do on back-to-backs? So is that a Gustafsson thing? Is is that like another goalie? out? Of, is that the super special Hamburglar? Is hmm. he even still in our system? Hammond, Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar is even still in our system? How often can you can you play the flower, and specifically late in the season when minds and bodies of of those of the elderly variety start to get a little tired? How often can you play him then in games that are unbelievably key? So, state of hockey, if you you've had a hell of an off season, there goes Fiala. I I, I was cool with that man. I, I don't think he wanted to be here. They couldn't afford him and. He had to go. Hey, oh, by the way, we got more cap money. So we went. We went with the Talbot uh, with the Talbot trade. We went 
like from two and change up to four and change. And this harkens to something I said before the most recent set of vocal maintenance days. Is it possible for any of our pro teams working under, around, or with a salary cap? Is it possible for us to ever have more than twenty-five cents to spend in free agency? It'd be nice. Is is it? It's now. Now we recognize. Yes, we 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 drive cars that require gas, so we see we see the numbers. Yes, we we see we we know stocks and we know bonds and we know Roths and we know for we yeah we know everything sucks. Okay, it's diseased. But nevertheless, even when things are super prosperous, it seems like we have forty cents. With the with the pro sports teams and the salary cap to 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 spend, so we we went from two million and change to four million and change. I don't exactly know what that can get us, but nevertheless, that's the situation with young Cameron and uh, the flower. Hopefully, is still in bloom. And man, uh, when Nordo texted me about this yesterday, it didn't really catch me off guard. But then I started thinking about it a little bit, and I'm like, damn, flower cam cam flower cam flower flower cam. I was kind of excited about that one, too, a little bit. And good morning. Good morning. Hell, yeah. That's why we acquired him. That's why we freaked out when we got the flower at the end of last regular season. And he only played 11 games for us. That's the question, though, Matt, that you posed. What was your fondest memory in those 11 games? He was fine. It was cool. He's HOF. There were none. Well, That's the point. I would say Vox in the box. He rolls out those fresh, (laughs) bright gold pads. And he skates over and asks us if we like the Pats. Yeah, that's right. That was my favorite Marc-Andre Fleury moment. Yep, and your response was, I see those Pats coming, flowers on the ice. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we got the better of the two. I mean, the, the thing with Fleury is you look over the last five years or so, and that includes his tenure with Vegas, going back to when he left Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. The more games he plays, the save percentage starts to tick down a little bit. And Apollo Ale. Goals a lot of games, starts to creep up a little bit. Yeah. And so the idea of Flurry in this mix was that Talbot was going to play 35, 40 games. And it's, it felt like it would almost have to be a split. Again, mm-hmm. one of his best seasons going back to when he was with Vegas, his last full season, mm-hmm. 36 games. 928 save percentage, mm-hmm. 1.98 goals against. The previous year, he played in 50 games, mm. 2.7 goals allowed. Again, the more games that yeah. future HOF plays, yeah. potentially you're going to start to see some warts there. That's very fair. And you go from a tandem of two provens, uh, a bit younger. I mean, Cam's 35. We're not talking about a baby here. From a tan, from a tandem, from a tandem to a tantrum. Exactly. And so now, whether it's Gustafsson. Or I know there's we have this cat in the AHL that they're super excited yeah, about. Hamburglar. Well, it's Jesper something maybe. No, it's not Hamburglar. No, it's yeah. not Hamburglar's Hamburglar sucks. So I don't know if we kept the right guy. I know that goaltending for this team overall got worse. So we saved money. So how does that look uh, throughout the rest of the team? I'm just not sure, but mm-hmm. something had to give. You got, I mean, from the wife's social media post at the end of the season that yeah. kind of disappeared, yeah. and then you know, Garen, I, I, I do love for better or worse, mm-hmm. and in this particular case, our team did not improve with the trade, mm-hmm. other than financially. Garen's so straight up, like I don't care what this agent says. Yeah, screw him. He's, he's under. He's under contract. Yeah, and then all it's of, happening. He must have gotten something. Must have pissed him off 
And, and Bill Guerin, I mean, it's like when you get to know Billy a little bit away from the microphone, you can just tell that there is some short-fuse terrorism in there. Yeah. Where, like, Billy's cool and Bill's funny and Bill's smart and, and Bill Bill's, you know, super big-time equity guy in the NHL, man. He was, he was tough as nails. Um, but nevertheless, I think there's some short-fuse terrorism there. If you push that wrong button, here he comes, Ottawa. Yeah, so he's sitting there on draft night. He's listening to, to Bettman just butcher the French language in front of the host <laughs> Montreal Canadiens fans. Ow, and he, he's got basically two topics that people want to ask him about. Yeah. Not Liam Ogren, not uh, Danila Yurov or whoever the hell he drafted. Uh-huh. It's... What's up with the kids stuck in Russia? Yeah. Or what's up with this Talbot flurry potential yeah. uh, problem in your dressing room? What do you think of this text I just got? I just got some very, I got three interesting texts during that segment. Ooh. Uh, first and foremost, from elite hockey mind, Paulie Wally, Paul Fletcher, City's 97. He doesn't think Ottawa is going to be bad this year. They're putting some things together. Well, they've made some trades that's with the Blackhawks, as a matter of fact, because yeah. the Hawks are in full tank mode. Well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, the last time I paid attention to Ottawa Senators hockey, I think Daniel Alfredson was their leading scorer. <laughs> so, but Polly Wally, love you and appreciate you, and make sure to listen to his radio show, Afternoon Cities 97. Uh, the civil servant, the mailman, the East Sider, uh, decided to let us know he's on a cruise in Puerto Rico right now, uh, actually with a little bit of cell phone service so he can get his uh, nine to noon and common man downloads in. I've uh, disconnected from my phone for five days. Somewhat refreshing. You put it in my mouth several times. Love the East Sider. Oh, so do I. Thanks for the intel. Yeah, and see, this is tech. So this this actually has intimacy and 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 something personal to it. Yeah. You know, unlike, um, how do you feel when, when you crack open Twitter and you're not exactly sure who it is or maybe you know who it is and you know, they're, they're going to be gone for five days, so it's like, just let everybody know that I'm not going to be around here for five days. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. Good to know. Yeah, appreciate that. I was curious about it. But the A topic with the texting off off um, Snake Pliskin, I mean Kirill Kaprizov, Howard in Chicago wants to know if we need help from him to get Kaprizov through Israel. <laughs> Short answer, yes. Well, I mean, what do I do here? Do I seek an active cell phone for Commissioner Bettman? Do we go right to the owner of the team? Do do we go to Billy G? Do you think we or would, do we go to Sickman? Do oh. you think we would lose our radio rights if we gave? Howard from Chicago, the phone number for yeah. Craig Leopold. Yeah. I think we would, I think there's a chance Bill Guerin would go Dahmer on me, copyright common, and Lorena Bobbitt on you. Yeah. If we gave his phone number to our, our beloved Howard from Chicago. Unless he rolls up there with some kosher Romanian. Oof. That's a game changer. Hey. Billy G's never had a barbecue nope. on a porch outside of Tria during development camp. Correct. Hey, we're starting to put this together. All right. Hold that thought, Howard. Yep, I'll hold something at least. Uh, this is 9 to noon. Good morning. It's Paul Allen. Uh, the the I'm, I'm just going to say this for the last time today and hopefully ever. It's 
It's the these Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, it, it's actually starting to low-key bug me a little bit how steamy these Eagles are. And and they're steamy with with though with some of those whose opinions I mostly respect with National Football League prognosticating, but I believe they're steamy for the wrong reason. And we'll share that when nine to noon continues on your free Caprice off leader. KFAN. I saw and where I saw it, but I saw it, and they're loud. But, um, I mean, Philly was 9-8 and eight last year. I think their final four games of the year went Giants-Washington, Giants-Washington. I mean, what a daunting finish to a season to look at those teams on the schedule to get to the postseason and actually find a way to lose one of them, Mm. which they did to the New York football giants. But that's okay because present tense, right? Past times behind. And please don't fall for the same old line. The, uh, the, the, here's the deal. Uh, This, this is what I think is bugging me because the, the, the fact that, that the, spotting up or the plunging faithful of whom I respect because when when you take your money and you wager it on something and there's going to be a win or a loss or the outside chance of a tie well that that to a certain extent actually takes guts to do so and you actually got to get in, in into your pocket and and like give something that is yours potentially and hopefully to get more of something somebody else has in legal fashion. So the fact that the Minnesota Vikings are 16 to 1 to get to the Super Bowl according to DraftKings, not win it, that was a 43 piece. The 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 epiphany is getting to the Super Bowl and it's 16 to 1. The Philadelphia Eagles in that same scenario, or ten to one. Now, the 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 rube wagering on this big market team that now has AJ Brown. The 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 wagering does not an opinion make. In other words, how dare you, Commissioner Goodell, for setting a line where. The Vikings, with with the newfangled restart and the talent, and the schedule shakes out not too badly either. We 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 are offended. We are sixteen to one, and and the nine and eight Philadelphia Eagles from the crap division, they're ten and one. Uh, they're ten to one. I just I don't understand why people are wagering, and I ain't saying to wager on the Minnesota Vikings is sixteen to one 
to to get to the Super Bowl. The premonition is the proclamation, and the proclamation was the epiphany, and it's not going to change because there is conviction, and we ain't making this thing up. But nevertheless, there's not going to be a dollar wagered on it uh, because 9 to noon is quite emotionally invested in those colors. But there are people and entities and computer groups and 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 conglomerates that are crushing the Eagles and mass to get to Glendale. I mean, at one point it was like 18, 20 to one. Now it's down to 10. And, and Nordo, as I recall, when we started, who has it better than us? Nobody. The, the Eagles were version two. And I felt when we went through all of the scenarios, and maybe I'm wrong. All the bits. Yeah, all the bits or all the scenarios, but all the bits. I thought we kind of dominated the situation there. I mean, yeah. I mean, like quarterback, quarterback, uh, Miles Sanders, uh, AJ Cole. JJ Cole. Uh okay. I mean, what am I missing here? I don't know what you're I, I I don't think you're missing anything. It's kinda it's kinda shocking, but every year this time of year, hmm. there's a there's a steamer. Yeah. There's an absolute team that everybody jumps behind. Yeah. And but the, the frustrating thing about looking at the Eagles, when we did the Who Has It Better Than Us, I can't recall if there was an area in which we just blatantly said, right. my goodness, that's better than us. Now, Slay well, and Bradbury maybe on the outside. They got that They got that Washington State guy at left tackle who I just, I have not heard one good thing about how he plays. It's, yeah. it's not like the former tight end who became an offensive lineman with the Buffalo Bills and has some HOF to him and Jason Brown. Jason Correct. Peters, thank you. So they, uh, they, from a talent perspective, don't match up with us. Overall in totality, 53 versus 53. It's also a massive projection on Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So Jalen Hurts, second year last year, they they unleash him a little bit, and he rolls for 3,100 yards, something like that. He ran for 10 TDs, and I respect that. Correct. You love the rushing TDs. He only threw for 16. Oh, my God. So the offensive production, this team has trouble scoring. And that defense gets leaky, particularly in the back, where Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps are. It's never good to be leaky in the back. Take it from a 56-year-old. Correct. So if you're Nick Sirianni and you're the Eagles and Howie Roseman and all of that, you think your team got better because you added you added an option for Jalen Hurts. But again, the overall productivity of that guy over the course of a season, yeah. is that enough yeah. to put you in the mix? And their defensive front, I like the Vikings defensive front overall more so than I like the Eagles, even though they got Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and all of that. These guys are a lot young, are a lot older than they were in 2017. So I don't get it other than the fact that every single year there's a team that we talk about right before training camp that they're going to take the world by storm. There you go. They're going to take a massive step. Yeah. This year it happens to be the Eagles. I see no justification for it. Well, I, I just I want to know through two seasons, because when you get to 20 to 25 games, truly outside of the age of rage and, and, and reaction over the top, positively or neg- negatively, with National Football League players and or games, and, and that, that's, that's part of the charm of, of, of the weekly professional game, Outside of that, you really need to give them 20 to 25 games before you can start. I'm just telling you how they do it in the NFL. It's 20 to 25 games before they can start throwing blanket opinions on these kids. So so Jalen is either right around there or he's close to it. But nevertheless, I just 
want to know what is special with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Okay. A lot of quarterbacks can run and they end up running for their metaphorical lives. And it doesn't, the running quarterback does not win or get to the Super Bowl, generally speaking. Joe Burrow slides and he runs a little bit, but he ain't a running quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is the most deceptively coy, cunning laden running quarterback in the National Football League. He is lethal when he runs with the ball, but he's not a running quarterback, and either is Russ. Uh, so it it okay. Jalen Hurts has the feel of a running quarterback uh, with a sixty one percent completion with sixty one completion percentage. Yep, sixteen TDs, nine picks. Okay, so we added AJ. Okay, great. So we add AJ. That means I'm now going to bet ten thousand on the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh my God. Again, I think it's a massive projection on him. You add an option in AJ Brown, but did that improve his decision making? That seems like a leap. Right. Ultimately, those nine picks and the decisions he's making, whether it's AJ Brown in the mix or not. Yeah. The other aspect of this: what if they're just saying, "Hey, Giants might be better in a couple of years because of Dable, but they're still the Giants and they're awful." Washington's all about uh, toxicity. Correct. I mean, that whole thing can can implode and blow up and just be awful at any minute. You know, was it Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen going after each other on the sideline last year? Not that they couldn't have cooled that off. They're both adults. Yeah. But all the same, that defensive front that was so ballyhooed mm-hmm. has just absolutely laid an an unmitigated egg last year. Yeah. And they don't look like they got much better in that mm-hmm. regard. So mm-hmm. um, maybe it's just because of the division. Is uh, is in the state that it is, which is among the worst in the NFL. Why'd you say Ballyhood? Did I say Ballyhood? I always love that one. Uh, speaking of that word, Ballyhood, the we we are certainly hoping we are able to share, convey, and or you know be be radio witnesses to the next couple of segments uh, that uh, that that I've been excited about for a couple of days. It involves the country of Ukraine. It involves soccer players, 16 years of age and a younger. It has a pastoral feel to it and also a coaching feel to it with an individual who somehow managed to get 23 visas for for people to leave Ukraine. Yes, that Ukraine and come to the United States of America and they're having the times of their lives. A coach, Rudy, will be in studio around the corner. 